The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. so much for being with us on Mothership. Just recently, I had the chance to talk with Edie Markovich. She's the 15-year-old girl from California who became the youngest person ever to swim across the Ka'ivi Channel. She did it in 14 hours and 27 minutes. So how did she manage to go from Moloka'i to Oahu in that record amount of time? And what kept her going? Listen in. So first of all, um, can you tell us about your amazing swim and what you noticed along the way? Did you have any unusual sightings, encounters? So um, the Kaiwi Channel is, uh, you know, 28.2 miles and it took me 14, a little less than 14 and a half hours to cross the channel from Molokai to Oahu. Um, and so we started from Oahu. My, my boat and my pilot and everything was from Oahu and it was uh, we we started driving over to Molokai at about 11 p.m. and we got there at around 2 and started getting ready because the swim is from Molokai to Oahu um, and so that was a three-hour ride. It was beautiful. Nice to get a layout of, of the swim beforehand, you know. Um, at 3 a.m. in pitch blackness with just this beautiful sky above. It was a new moon, so the moonlight wasn't affecting our view of the stars either. And it was just absolutely gorgeous looking up and seeing this beautiful night sky. And so we started and I jumped into this pitch black, clear water. And you know, it's always exhilarating and scary, of course. Um, at 3 a.m. in the middle of the Pacific Ocean <laughs> with like no lights um, because first off our boats can't have lights because we don't want to attract any fish and if fish are attracted then other things are attracted you know like sharks um, so there's no lights whatsoever it's just pitch blackness um, and so we're going around at about two hours into the swim right it's still completely dark I hear this high-pitched like screeching sound and I'm like what the? it was very like I didn't I never heard that sound before and I I see these line of bubbles just like rush past me super fast and you know you're already on edge just from swimming in the middle of the night and I got so freaked out and, and I stopped and I said to my kayaker Andy somebody something is underneath me and um then we uh, a dolphin actually breached next to my kayak and everybody was like oh thank god it's not you know a tiger shark or something like that and it was the most amazing experience ever it was a pod of about five dolphins and um in this marathon swimming community dolphins usually mean dolphins usually come to swimmers because we need protection so if we are 
if we, if a pod of dolphins comes to swim with us, there's usually a shark in the vicinity and they are welcoming, welcoming us and they want us to be safe. So it's, it's a good and a bad thing, right? But it, it alleviated my tension just from swimming throughout the night, you know, 100%, all of it went away. I'm like, okay, now I have, you know, the ocean was greeting me into the swim and it was just the most amazing thing. And yeah, everything went uphill from then so finally day broke and that's like everything is nice now you actually get to see to your hand in front of you and it's not just like blackness and so day broke and um you know that's always an amazing sign for a swimmer and I actually got to see where I was in vicinity to Molokai and and Oahu and I've been swimming now for about four hours and it actually seemed like I was getting closer to an Oahu and it was like wow okay we're making progress here it's like I'm not just <laughs> in one spot and about two hours after daybreak we see these huge like puffs of water being blown into the air kind of closer to the horizon a couple hundred meters away and we're wondering what is it and over like an hour or so the, those puffs come closer and it's a pod of whales and it's like it was the most amazing thing first off I have never seen a whale in real life in my entire life and it, let alone swim with them in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, it was it was insane. Um, and so, you know, I'm expecting sharks and getting stung by Portuguese man of war, not pods of dolphins and whales, you know? So the swim right off from the very beginning just started amazing. And, you know, I kept on going, the sun was beating down on me. I don't know if you can see it through Zoom, but I've got this nice <laughs> tan from my cap and my goggles. Um, but this, the Hawaiian sun was beating down on me. Um, and so later on in the swim, uh, it's just this amazing shade of blue. And it's so deep, you know, in between those islands, it, it drops extremely, like really, really deep. And so, you know, obviously you can't see the bottom and it's just this depth. You can feel how vast the ocean is when you're in the middle of that channel because of just the color, the darkness of the blue. And at one point I have, you know, there's nothing around me. And then there's this one like three inch fish and it's underneath me. And I'm like, what are you doing here in the middle of the ocean with me? And he stuck around for like three or four hours. I, I named him Ted. <laughs> and he was just following me around for a couple of hours. It's just me and him in the middle of this insane vastness. Um, and so, you know, uh, it, it, 10 hours passes, right? 11 hours pass and I can see the shore. Now the finish line is Sandy's beach um, and I can see the shore, right? And my captain's like almost there and all of my kayakers are like screaming and they're like, oh my God, you're going to make it, right? And And we're thinking, it's like, two and a half miles. I can do two and a half miles in my sleep, right? Three hours it took us to do those two and a half miles. We were expecting to be to be done with the swim. We were expecting to be at the beach, but we hit this insane current. And, you know, after 11 hours of swimming, I'm exhausted. And then we hit this current and I'm swimming in place for like three hours. And the island, you, it's it's taunting you, you know, it's right there. <laughs> and so you're, you're slowly approaching it. And then um, finally, we, I see the, the ocean floor and it's just like, it finally hits me. You made it, you know, this has been something that's been in planning for such a long time. And, um, you know, I was dreaming about it. And I'm dreaming about the finish. Like, what am I going to do when I get out on the beach after the swim? And I finally see the bottom of the ocean floor and I'm like, 
this is actually going to become a reality. And it just was such a joy to feel that. Um, and so I get on Sandy's beach and I have this um, group of marathon swimmers that I was swimming with prior. Um, they're from Ala Moana uh, swim, open water swimming people, group, whatever. Um, and so they're meeting me on the beach and they have these fresh lays. And I, I was seeing videos of previous swimmers finishing and, and it, it was keeps on repeating in my mind, somebody putting a fresh lay on my neck and it's like, wow, this is actually happening, right? Um, and that was the first lay I ever got or ever touched. And it was absolutely the most special, right? And, um, you know, all of these people, there were these surfers on the beach and they were all, you know, giving me the shaka. And it was the most amazing and truly authentically Hawaiian experience after finishing that channel. It was really like spiritual. And it's like you conquered that body of water. And, and it, it was... It was truly amazing. The swim itself, the finish, all the marine life that I encountered and some marine life I thankfully didn't encounter, <laughs> but it was, it was truly just, uh, you know, one of the things that I will remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's, that's certainly so amazing. And now you also have a title. You are apparently now the youngest person to ever swim across the Ka'iwi Channel. Yes. A lot of people are so amazed by what you accomplished. Others ask why, you know, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to put yourself through that? You know, um, I think that when I first got into mar into open water swimming, and then as I started to amp up the distance and got into marathon swimming, when you're in the middle of the ocean with nobody, it's this sense of freedom and solidarity at the same time. Like you get, you get this sense, you know, you feel it nowhere else in life, being in the middle of the ocean, just with yourself and you're doing this, this stroking and, and time is going by. Right. And it's, it's just you in the ocean and it's a deep, a really, really deep connection that I get and this sense of freedom that I can find absolutely nowhere. And I have to also admit that the exhilaration of being in danger in the middle of the night is also something that's alluring to me, you know, even though it might not seem that fun, but it's like, it's this thrill that you get jumping into this pitch black water, you know, and then once day breaks and then you see this vastness and you're, you feel a really, really deep connection with the ocean and, and nature itself that I, I never felt elsewhere. So obviously you had to prepare for this as well. What did your training entail? So I was lucky enough. I had a 25 mile pool swim that I completed um, about a month prior to uh, crossing the Kaiwi channel. And so I prepped for that and that pool swim was for charity. We got to raise meals for over 30,000 people in Los Angeles. And um, that took a bunch of training because that was my longest swim to date. And that swim, the 25 miles swim in the pool really prepped me for this swim. And then, you know, I came to Hawaii. I swam with a group that was uh, swimming there near uh, Ala Moana and Kaimana Beach and we were to do like five or ten k's um, and it was it wasn't like an insane amount of training when I got to Hawaii but that 25 mile pool swim really prepped me for it um, and then you know mental prep you can't really do anything for the for the mental aspect of it but 
just throughout all of the swims that I've done, I've accumulated tricks to help the time pass, you know, because at some point you, you gotta, you gotta kind of shut off and get into the flow of things so that you're not just thinking about, okay, what time is it? Oh, four hours have passed, 10 more to go, <laughs> you know, like you gotta just shut your brain off and just swim for, for, for some time. And um, it takes, in my opinion, in my opinion, it just takes experience to know how to shut your mind off and just keep swimming and get into the sort of flow of things. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about, you know, your preparations in terms of how you feel yourself, make sure you have enough feel to carry you on and give you the energy that you need to complete uh, this feat. And also, how did you prepare for the possibility of being stung by jellyfish? Because we've heard in the past that that, that has actually slowed down swimmers or even kind of ended their, you know, attempt. So, oh, yeah. So um, as for feeding, um, I, I'm not more, a lot of swimmers, they take carb drinks or just like high calorie foods. And that's understandable because you're burning a lot of calories over time. But for me, I, I can't um, intake any like chemically like Carbo Pro or, or something like that. So I like to eat just real food. Personally, my favorite is peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know, it's got carbs, it's got protein, and it's got a little bit of sweetness because your mouth is just ruined by the salt. Um, and then I have that and water. And I, I do have to say at the end of it, when I reached that current, um, my blood sugar was really low and I needed that kick. So I'm like, give me candy now. And luckily we had candy on the boat. So I was just eating candy for the last three hours of the swim just to give me like a sugar rush and give me some energy to, to push through to the end. Um, and in terms of the possibilities of encountering a Portuguese man of war or, or any type of jellyfish, actually, I got stung by my first Portuguese man of war about oh, 10 days prior to the swim. And it was across my arm here and it left like these welts on it. It didn't hurt as bad as I thought I would, but just knowing what to expect was definitely, um, was, was really good. Um, you know, when you're swimming, uh, you're covering yourself in 40% zinc oxide, basically diaper rash cream desitin. Um, and it helps with the sun because you're in the sun for 14 hours, you know, um, and obviously it, it can't help 100%, but you're slathering yourself in this pure zinc oxide. Um, and so that also deafens the, the blow of a Portuguese man of war. But luckily throughout the swim, I didn't encounter any. Um, there are some noceums, and I know a lot of people deal with noceums. They're just like these little um, pricks. But other than that, um, it, I was super lucky not to encounter any because I know that some of the people that I've heard their stories, they were just like, oh yeah, I got nailed in the face. And I'm like, Jesus, wow, that must've been insane. But thankfully I didn't encounter any. Okay, so in total, how many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches did you eat? And um, I mean, can you even total the, the amount of fluids that you in took as well? And uh, what kind of candy did you eat? You said candy, <laughs> but what kind? Yeah, um, I got, I, I can't even remember how many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I ate. And to be honest with you, um, I'm, the worst part about this whole thing for me is feeding. I don't like to eat a lot. It's weird. Um, I, I, I get nauseous if I eat a lot. So I didn't eat, you know, I'm, I'm losing on, like on this past swim, I think I lost, you know, three to five pounds. So it's definitely a huge calorie deficit, especially for me, because I don't like to eat a ton. 
Um, and then the candy at the end, you know, my kayaker just had some random candy. I don't even know what it's called, but it was really good at the time, I have to admit. <laughs> okay, so, you know, here in the islands, we refer to Ka'ibi Channel as a treacherous channel. Was there anything treacherous about it that you encountered? Because, I mean, listening to your journey, it seemed like it went pretty smoothly, except for that current at the end. You know, going into it, I, I know it's called the channel of bones. And when you think about it, it's like, whoa, I'm about to swim the channel of bones, you know? Um, and I was expecting, you know, getting, seeing tiger sharks and getting hit by Portuguese man of war. But this time the ocean and me were just kind of in sync and we cooperated and it, it was definitely so much more of an enjoyable experience than I would have ever imagined. I thought it was going to be, you know, this, as you say, treacherous crossing with, with insane currents and jellyfish things and sharks and the possibility of dying at every moment. But it, it really was the opposite of that. It was the most enjoyable time I've had. I mean, at the end, I was definitely extremely fatigued and um, mentally, I was kind of out of it. I was like, okay, are we done yet? But other than that, it was truly, you know, way more enjoyable than I would have ever expected. It was just a connection, a really deep connection with the marine life and the ocean in general that I would never have expected uh, when crossing, you know, the channel of bones, right? And apparently you wouldn't do this without your parents' consent, so they must be very supportive of you. Yes, I know uh, this is very difficult for my mom, you know, she letting her kid just jump into the middle of the ocean at night. It's, it's difficult for me, let alone my mom, right? But um, when, when day broke, the stress was just taken down a few notches, which was good. But yeah, my parents have been extremely supportive. They were on the, uh, they were on the uh, boat next to me throughout the swim, feeding me and just being my support crew. But gosh, I think them so much like I'm so grateful for having that sort of support and 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 having them fuel my passion for this because I really wouldn't be where I am without them and I'd like to just tap into your passion a little bit more it takes a special person to want to even embark on this and attempt this but what kind of mentality do you have that that you start off with do you give yourself a little pep talk before you actually start your journey you know, what I've noticed for me is that the the day and, and the hours before a swim are the worst hours of your life. You're anxious, you're nervous to get started. And when I hit that water, even if it's pitch black, all of the nerves sort of slip away and I feel like I'm at home and I feel like, okay, now, now we just got to swim. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anticipating anything. But um, uh, not necessarily a pep talk, but just just saying that, you know, if I reach a tough spot to go back to to what I'm really here for, for this deep connection to to where I am. And especially I've noticed this in Hawaii. I, I've, I've felt I've done a lot of previous swims where it's just murky water and it's super cold and it's like, OK, this is great. But when I went to Hawaii, it was just like 180 turn and it was just the most incredible experience to see that sort of clarity in the water but but yeah mentally it's it's um it, it takes a lot and I'm a philosophy major in college and I um sort of adapt that mentality and I think about all of these 
you know, existential questions of life when I'm swimming. And I have that time and that solidarity to think about those things. And I, I that also pushes me through. Well, it's, it seems like you're a go-getter. If you're going to set out to do something, basically, you're going to complete it, right? It sounds like that. But yeah. um, for for kids, I mean, you're the youngest person. So now I feel like you're an example and a role model, you know, for people that really love to swim and experience that, you know, calmness and oneness mm -hmm. in the ocean. Uh, so for, for, for kids uh, and even teens, fellow teens, swimmers, yeah. what kind of advice do you have for them if they want to get into something like this? Um, you know, I've always, I've always said just to follow, really just follow through with your passions because I know a lot of people they've postponed their dreams and they're like, okay, let me, you know, deal with life now. And let me, you know, I'll deal with my dreams later, but really you need to take life. You just got to do things now and you got to actually do them. You don't want to be like, Oh, maybe one day I'll do the Coyote channel. You've got to really get and do it and follow your passion. If you have a, a strong incentive to do something, you've got to go and do it. And I think one of the biggest mistakes is just postponing all of these dreams. You've got to actually, you know, you have this idea in your mind and you're so passionate and you're so set on doing it, never postpone it. You just got to go for it right then and there. And even though it's difficult, you got to find a way. There's always a way to pursue your passion and there's always a way really to get what you want. If you want to do something, um, even if it's seemingly impossible, you've got to find every way to do it because you're going to regret it later on in life. How did you know who to call in terms of uh, who to escort you and uh, get the support that you need for something like this? Uh, their, their Google was my friend for that. <laughs> but um, no, you know, in the beginning, the early stages of planning for this, I literally typed up like Coyote Channel Pilots. And, you know, I... I uh, stumbled upon Matt Buckman. He was one of three pilots that does the swim and God, could I not have chosen a better pilot? Um, he was amazing. The kayakers that I had, I would like give a shout out to Christian and Andy. They were the best kayakers I've ever had. But um, I also got some help and some info from the Ala Moana crew who, who consisted of uh, fellow channel swimmers who have done the channel before. So I've gotten some info from them about, about pilots and, and about the dynamics of the swimming itself but yeah. and then um how long has this been in the making you know I, I say it in the early stages of planning but this has really kind of been a sort of fast uh pro I, I thought about it I've started seriously mar marathon swimming last summer when COVID hit I I know it's it's been a fast ride. I've already done the Anacapa Channel to Santa Barbara to one of the Channel Islands, the, the Santa Barbara Channel. I've swum around Manhattan Island, New York. I've swum around Coronado Island, San Diego. I've done a 25 mile uh, charity swim in the pool, and then I've just done the Cayuga Channel. So my it's been such an exponential growth. Um, but specifically for this swim, I would say it's about two months in the making, and it was just like go go go, and we got to do this and. And for that, I would have to thank my parents because I'm like, hey, mom, dad, I have this idea. Can I, can I, can we figure out a way? And they're like, yeah, let's figure this out. And, you know, here I am now, but. Cool. So what's next? 
what's next? You know, I like to keep that a surprise because I, um, I went to Hawaii without telling the, the group of people that I usually swim with here in California. And just yesterday I told them and they're like, e, you couldn't, you can't just leave for three weeks do the Kaiwi channel and come back and not tell us. So I like to keep things a surprise. We'll see what's, we'll see what's next. Um, I can say for sure though, that I'm doing the Catalina channel this, this summer. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, one thing that I actually meant to ask was um, what types of conditions do you look out for in order to start some, this type of feat that you embarked on? What, what do the conditions have to be like? Right. Um, you know, there's a very, very narrow window um, when it comes to, to these sort of swims. So I was here for a couple of weeks and just so that I had some leeway so that I can get a great window. You're looking at the winds most of all because you don't want any surface chop that's going to affect you. You're looking at the tide charts, which is going to affect the currents. Um, you're looking at for Hawaii, it's not really like water temperature is, is not really an issue because I'm used to, um, you know, anywhere between 55 and 65 degrees and this is like 76. So, so it's pretty warm from the, from what I'm used to. Um, the water temperature was an issue, but yeah, mainly winds and, and tide charts. And then um, my pilot is really in charge of that. He has, uh, you know, fishing friends that are in the channel and, you know, 24 hours prior to a tentative swim start, he asked them, hey, what are the conditions on the channel? And then he has some friends in Molokai. So it's definitely a super narrow window and, um, you know, you can be called upon any moment and, and my pilot can just call me and say, okay, it's a go. We're going in like three hours and they got to be like ready. So it, it, it's definitely a super narrow window. Okay, and then I also meant to ask you, what did you eat afterwards? What did I eat? I had sushi like two minutes after I finished, which is really good. And then uh, I think I had some poke after. A lot of fish and rice when I come to Hawaii for sure. But yeah, it was really good. Well, you are just 15 and you did this. So I, there is a lot, has to be greater things ahead. And we're really excited for you. Congratulations once again. And best of luck on all your future endeavors. Thank you so much. Okay, take care, Edie. Take care, thank you. Thank you. Yes, we gonna break up and die.